Well, this is Jim Rose of the Jim Rose Circus. And uh, before I put my face in broken glass and let somebody stomp on the back of my head, I have to listen to Sick and Roll. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? I'm pretty happy. I didn't die in prison this week. Oh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, I, I figured you'd be preoccupied today uh, erasing all the porn from your computer so the uh, NSA doesn't come after you with their, with their prism. Their prism, <laughs> the prism. Their prism program. Speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> ooh, Sauron and his magic prism is going to find me. They're gonna, the prism's going to come after you. Were, were, were you a little bit concerned, though? Because, I mean, think of all the porn that... I mean, how much they porn did you have to delete porn. off of your computer? They don't care about porn. You don't think so? <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more worried about actually, like, Vivid Video Corporation finding out I have all this stolen porn <laughs> I didn't pay for. <laughs> but the government, I mean, Obama jacks off, doesn't he? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the POTUS has some POTUS porn. <laughs> he pumps his POTUS. Don't you think so? <laughs> the penis didn't of the I... United States. The, it's the PP, it's the P-POTUS. The president's the penis P-POTUS? of the United States, I think. The POTUS peen? You know what? Uh, <laughs> I read something about uh, Silvio Berlusconi, the Italian prime minister, used to have these bunga bunga parties, and he would get yes. all these hookers there, and he had one of them that specifically had to dress up like Obama. I did think, I think I heard that too. Did, did the, any of the other ones have to dress up as famous Other people? U.S. presidents? <laughs> or other, you know, like Angela Merkel? Well, there was a fat one that was kind of uh, Chris Christie, big fat chick. Um, there's a uh, Hillary. Who's the, who's the guy from Venezuela that's dead now? Oh, Chavez? Yeah, was there one of him? No. I, actually, I, I think it was man. only just Obama. I, I think it was just Obama. Mm. that. And I, then he would just shove his finger right in Obama's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I Can you imagine, she... like, that guy got elected president of a country. For years. He was really into just sticking his finger in whores' buttholes. Why buttholes? I'm sure he had sex with the whores. But the, the bunga bunga <laughs> it specifically <laughs> refers to you, you're just shoving your finger in, in women's assholes. Is that is that what the, the what happens at a bunga bunga party? Right. It's you, not just an because otherwise it'd just be an orgy or a or a whore party. A sex party. It wasn't though. Bunga bunga is specifically he would get all these girls and he would shove his finger in their asshole. How do you know this, Wackerly? <laughs> it was fucking worldwide news. So wait, so bunga bunga is a term for just buggering a girl with your finger? Yeah. Huh. I That's guess what I'm, I in, read. I mean, I'm I into that there. actually. I'm I'm definitely into that. I didn't realize. You I thought are the into boom, that? Boom, why? <laughs> I like sticking my finger in a girl's butt. I don't know. But I just, specifically? Not not only doing that. Like I usually do that while she's on top. Yeah, that's my problem. Like having it's, sex. It's, you're yeah. having a specifically uh, a party specifically for that purpose. It's weird. There had to have been blowjobs going on, and then he would stick his finger in a butt. Or you're just saying these girls why walk around naked? Why would you call it a blowjob party then? <laughs> because primarily it was finger in the butt. Boonga boonga. That's what that's, that's what, what that it means. means. It I, wasn't like we're gonna have a blowjob party and hey, if you want to do some butt fingering, go for it. 
These girls are down. Is Boonga Boonga in the Urban Dictionary? I'm sure it's an Urban Dictionary. And it's look it up right now. It, look, look it up while you I... Cross, are you making me cross-reference my own fucking fact? <laughs> I've, I've read about these Boonga Boonga parties, and I just kind of thought that there was just like a big hooker party, like a big Ooh, There's actually a Wikipedia page for it. For the, for the respectable. <laughs> what does it say? What The specific... I didn't, I didn't realize that Boonga Boonga referred to a specific act. I think that's what I'm saying. Now I'm skimming it because there's so much other shit here. But uh, Berlusconi is a big fan, so that means... I think this might be somebody who wrote this up as a joke. So that means that Berlusconi has a fantasy of shoving his finger in Obama's asshole. Yeah. That's weird. That's very weird. I guess we could, uh, we could, we could examine this. I could be this. wrong here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we could examine this after the show. Or maybe <laughs> okay. if uh, one of our fans had been to a Boonga Boonga party, you can let us know if that's... If that's indeed what happens, <laughs> this Wikipedia page says nothing about finger in the butt, but I was sh- I was almost positive. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand. I, I figured it was just what does they say? It's just a sex party, right? It's it's said to be a sort of underwater orgy where nude young women allegedly encircle the nude host and or his friends in his swimming pool, an African style ritual performed for male spectators by twenty naked young women. Uh, or blah, blah, pole dancing, blah, 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 women in nurses' outfits, blah, blah, blah. And then there's a prize being prostitution for the host. Hmm. Well, I was wrong. So, I mean, it, it, it sound, I, I wouldn't put it past Berlusconi to shove his finger in a girl's asshole. I'm sure that probably did occur. I just didn't know Boonga Boonga specifically meant that. I um, might find a different... Uh, thing as we move on here. Well, anyway, reference. you know who's not attending any bunga bunga parties right now or forever, Margaret? Who? Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Oh, no, nope. an all of jail kind of like one big bunga <laughs> bunga party for all times. Yeah, he doesn't even get to get, go to a prison style bunga bunga party anymore because uh, he's dead. He's he's um, natural he's, causes, he right? Natural causes. You know, it wasn't I, like too I, much boonga. I noticed a dearth of R.I.P. Richard Ramirez on Facebook and Twitter. Did Did you see any? I might have seen one by one of those crazy women who just identify with serial killers. Yeah, we're going to get to that serial killer groupies in a second because uh, Richard Ramirez had a lot of them. He had serial killer groupies in spades. That guy, kind of jealous of that actually. But because yeah, uh, he doesn't get to fuck them, you know, he's in prison. Yeah, it's it, but I mean he still had a lot of admirers. I bet she had more female fans than we do. Yeah, but I would rather actually have the chance to have sex with one, even if it's very remote, than to just exchange letters. Yeah, that's not that fun. I'm First sure you, of all, got, you have I'm, to write the letters, which is boring. I'm sure you got a lot of titty pics, don't you think? I think that the prison might uh, confiscate the titty pic portion of the fan mail. Could you imagine being the guard that gets to go through the Night Stalker's emails and or you know mail in general? But you're like, sweet dude, another naked pic. Yeah, he's not seeing this. This is for me. <laughs> so Richard Ramirez, uh, serial killer, California, died at San Quentin um, uh, yesterday. He was 53 years old. He died of liver failure, natural causes. He had been housed on death row for decades. You realize that almost three decades. This guy awaiting execution. It's been years since anyone's been put to death in California. Yeah, so, this is what I always say. We might as well just get rid of it. I mean, what, yeah, what's we the shouldn't point? even have the pretense that the, the, it is death row. It's just solitary confinement. 
until you die of natural causes now. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? You know, Ramirez, though, Richard Ramirez and uh, Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, those were, that was when like serial killers were truly horrific. I mean, their serial killers are, are still happening, but these guys were like these celebrity serial killers. Well, now we're in the age of, I just think, maybe I could be wrong, but it seems to me that we're now we're in the age of mass shootings that happen instantaneously. Not the sort of like a guy is murdering like one girl a week, maybe two girls a week or old ladies in their house. And it's just, and people are fearful. Like, am I, am I going to be next? Now we're in the age of like Columbine where they just shoot up the whole school, kill 30 people, and then they commit suicide at the end. Yeah. There, I mean, there are, there are a lot of mass shootings, but I mean, you can't deny that there are still serial killers. Going around killing, killing women, targeting victims. I mean, that's still don't happening. don't seem to have the charisma of serial killers of old, which I guess is what you're getting at. It, well, they don't have the, the celebrity. I mean, they're not like – I mean, these guys, you know, Manson and Gacy and Ted Bundy and definitely Richard Ramirez. I mean, these guys had – you know, uh, they had uh, sobriquets created by the, uh, the press, the Night Stalker. You know, um, what did Gacy was the killer clown? You don't see any uh, serial killers right now with monitors. Zodiac, Zodiac was going Still around. Didn't catch him, right? Zodiac was never. Yeah, I think Still I think we there. covered that on a uh, second wrong. But you know, Richard Ramirez, though, in, in terms of serial killers, he definitely had the charisma. He was uh, a handsome man, looked like a rock star. That guy. I mean, he could have been a cult leader. I'm sure. Um, I bet you that dude. You know, probably he probably got a lot of ass anyway. He probably didn't need to go and uh, murder and rape women to get ass. You know, look at that guy. <laughs> he likes that. He likes that corpse ass. <laughs> <laughs> but he truly was a horrific serial killer, with all definitions of uh, of, of of the term. I mean, his uh, his crimes. He were would come into your house. Atrocious. You know, you cannot. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're always like. Man, the serial killer is pretty freaky, but, you know, I don't go in weird areas of town, and I'm always make sure I'm aware of my surroundings. Like, that motherfucker would just come into your – he'd break a window, come into your house, rape your wife in front of you, and then shoot you in the head three times. And sodomize your kid. I mean, he, he was just right. a, a horrific, horrific uh, human being. So in uh, 89 the, it is when there was actually this year-long marathon trial. And the trial, I guess, was a horror show. Which jurors had to hear about all the details of his crimes. Uh, uh, one dead victim's eyes were gouged out. Another's head was nearly uh, severed. Um, a man was murdered in his bed, and his wife was raped beside the dead body. And then she was murdered. Uh, the killer beat a small child and sodomized the kid in front of his dead parents. And th- this guy was just uh, just a grisly, merciless uh, killer. Um, he, there were signs. In the of- words of uh, what's that actress that looks like a mouse? She was married to uh, Jesse James for a while. I'll uh, never think of her name. She's very famous, though. The tattoo artist? Well, no, it was before her. Oh, before her. <laughs> Isn't he a Nazi, that guy? Oh, well, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock in the immortal words of Sandra Bullock in, I think, every movie she's ever in. The profile doesn't fit the profile. <laughs> <laughs> she's always like a detective, you know. This profile, though, I mean, this but there guy. There's no profile. He's just all over the map. He like, just... Usually these guys are like, yeah, he likes short, redheaded, sort of overweight prostitutes. That's who he murders. So if, you, if you're one of those people, don't leave your home and uh, lock up all your windows and everything. But this guy just children, what, ladies, men, old ladies. Living young, people, young people, dead people. Dead people. Yeah. Cutting their heads off, gouging their eyes out. It's just. 
He was mayhem. a terror. I mean, uh, and the killing spree reached its peak in uh, 85 uh, when he would enter homes through unlocked windows, killed men and women with gunshot blasts to the head, knives to the throat. He burglarized their residences. I mean, he was just a terror, this guy. Uh, and then there were signs of devil worship. Even, to make matters even worse, a pentagram drawn on the wall at one murder scene, survivors' accounts of being ordered to swear to Satan by the killer before he killed them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, he... Whatever. Yeah, he's a, a devil worshiper. Um, but he had terrorized people and committed murders. Like, so he's tried, he was uh, convicted of 13 murders. But, I mean, people suspect that he might have killed as many as 30 people. But he was killing people in San Francisco, all the way down in L.A. He was eventually caught in 85... Um, by a mob, a mob well, of people. You know, they found they found a fingerprint on a car, and then that, that led them to his rap sheet because nobody had any idea what he even looked like for for the, all this time, right? Yeah, it was, it was a uh, it was a stolen vehicle that they found a uh, they yeah it was a stolen vehicle that they found this fingerprint on. So once they had the fingerprint, then they could put out the photograph of the dude to the public. And then he was in East L.A. or something trying to carjack somebody else. And all the cholos were like, it's a night stalker. Get him. <laughs> it was I mean, it was mass hysteria. I mean, it was all over the media. The guy was entering people's homes. And pe- I mean, th- that's what they said, that sales of guns and locks and window bars were surging during that time. Um, but I guess, yeah, he was in uh, Boyle Heights, East L.A., which is just a very Hispanic community. And uh, someone had identified him. They called, they called the LAPD, and there was a dramatic pursuit that was going on, like OJ style. Uh, seven but I patrol- thought, wasn't there a mob in the, in the neighborhood that got him, or am I wrong there? Well, what happened, uh, they were pursuing him. Seven police patrol cars and a helicopter chased Ramirez, who was on foot through streets and alleys of East L.A. Mm-hmm. Desperate and near exhaustion, he uh, tried to steal a red Mustang in front of someone's house, and the owner confronted him. And uh, started his name is Faustino Pinone. He started fighting with him, and then Sereno. other neighbors, yeah. So other neighbors uh, tackled the guy and started beating him with a with a steel rod. They started beating him. <laughs> so it was mob justice, and I, I guess when the, and then uh, the cops pl- pulled them off before they could murder the guy. Yeah, they said by the time police good. arrived, uh, Ramirez was shouting "Dejame en paz," which means uh, "Leave me in peace." He was screaming, and then uh, he thanked the officers for rescuing him. Which I imagine the officers probably rescued him very slowly. <laughs> don't you think so? Maybe like, they, they prob- don't want him to die. Yeah, but they probably let him. Like, oh, well, the one guy's got a couple. He yeah, might as well get a couple more shots with the big rod. I would just I mean, have two of my friends like hold his legs apart. Just wail on his nutsack because <laughs> you know he's not going to die, right? Oh, he wouldn't die from make yeah. him a eunuch. I mean, if if I was one of the cops responding to that scene, yes, I would stop the the beatdown, but I would stop the beatdown slowly. You know, I don't think I'd be in a hurry to be like, step away, step away. You know, maybe someone should be stomping on his testicles a couple times. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, highly public publicized trial, and. Uh, and with somebody like Richard Ramirez, I mean, he was, you know, eventually convicted. And you know, all sorts of weird things happened. Even one of the jurors uh, was murdered during the trial Just by randomly? her husband. And she was shot in the face by her husband. Just so a coincidence. Yeah, it was a coincidence. It was during, uh, during the trial. And in, in the, I'm sure the way- it scared everybody, though, that maybe there was a larger cult thing going on. Well, it was the way she was uh, murdered. Which it was similar to the gruesome attacks attributed to the Night Star because she was sh- shot in the face, that uh, you know also contributed to his 
to his legacy in the, in the hysteria in the public of, uh, of, of, of Richard Ramirez. So after he was convicted, he flashed a two-fingered devil sign to photographers and muttered evil. And then uh, he quoted, big deal, death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. <laughs> He's just like your everyday high school hasher, really. He was a total Hessian, like a god. He was a metalhead Hessian. His favorite song was Night Prowler by ACDC. Hmm. That's why they call him Night Stalker. And um, did he uh, live? Was he living anywhere, or he was just a drifter this whole time? I think he was just a drifter, right? The, he was a drifter. They said the last uh, place he lived was a residential hotel in the Tenderloin. That's where he murdered this nine-year-old Asian girl, oh. like in the basement. But yeah, then I think he came back to L.A. He's originally from El Paso, Texas. And he came back to L.A., and that's when, when he was caught. But the thing is with him, though, um, because of he was a charismatic figure, because, I mean, this is such a highly publicized trial, he became <laughs> Among, this— Amongst stonewashed jean-wearing skanks at the Iron Maiden show, <laughs> it's very well, popular. Well, I mean, think about it. He was—he he had—you know, they, the media developed this notoriety about Richard Ramirez, and his picture was everywhere. He's a good-looking guy. And so as, as expected here, he had a following of young female admirers who came to yeah. the courtroom. To be fair, at the time, there were a lot of those tight, stonewashed, jean-wearing— this is like hair metal days. Of Aquanet in their hair. This is like 85. This is like when Motley Crue was just coming out. You know, this is like when yeah. Metallica was getting big, you know, and then you see Richard Ramirez got, you know, long black hair, kind of looks like he could play guitar and dock. It'd be like if a serial killer came out right now and he looked just like Bieber. If there's a serial killer that came out Bieber like was Bieber. Sneaking in windows <laughs> and just murdering people in the middle of the night. Get off me, Bieber. Ah! So this is the start, I guess, really, of the serial killer groupies here. Um, these women would come to the courtroom, send him love notes. They visited him, visited him in prison while he was on death row. And in 96... Dear he, Night Stalker, <laughs> I think you're cute, heart, Debbie. <laughs> LOL. In 96... LOL back then. <laughs> XOXO. He, he actually married a 41-year-old freelance magazine editor in a visiting room at San Quentin. I guess does you're not allowed to have sex. Does the prison have to allow that, the wedding? I, I think so. I think that... Can they just they, put a stop? Like, we're not allowed... This, we're putting a stop to these shenanigans. Wedding in the waiting... In the fucking visiting room. Come on. I mean, this woman was educated, though. I mean, she uh, was a freelance magazine editor. She went to college, you know. She, uh, she fell madly in love with him. And uh, she wasn't the only one. I mean, there were, like, several girls that were just obsessed with, uh, with Ricky Ramirez here. And, yeah, I don't know. She, she, she insisted that he was funny, charming, and kind. And she believed he was innocent. She said that... Uh, this is she, she also admitted, though, that being the wife of an inmate who will never be released is lonely. Yet she will bear it for him. I guess she, they never had sex. She's a yeah. virgin. So married since 96. It's almost... Oh, what? She's got to be in her 60s. Well, yeah, she's not getting any younger at this point. I wonder what her family said about this. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure they were super pleased. <laughs> so, have you met any nice boys? Well, you know that guy who murdered all those people? Yeah, me and him are going out now. <laughs> so, what, what I don't understand, and this, this is the, the, the point of what I'm trying to get to here, is that, you know, Richard Ramirez wasn't the only one with serial killer groupies. Scott Peterson, remember him? He received a marriage proposal the first day he was on death row. Um. Uh, Robert Not really Chambers. a serial killer, that guy, but uh, he was very prominent in the media. Well, he murdered, murdered his wife. Um, that's one person. 
<laughs> yeah, he wasn't killer. really a serial killer, but he was a celebrity murderer. Yeah. And there's uh, Robert Chambers, a uh, so-called preppy killer. He had so many female fans attempting to smuggle him contraband, they had to transfer the guy to another facility. And then... I don't remember him. He was a preppy or he was a They called him preppies. the... His moniker was the preppy killer. He was just a preppy guy that... I think he killed uh, women off of Craigslist. Good looking guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then. Vander uh, Sloot, I'm sure he's getting proposed. Oh, no, uh, Vander Sloot is getting married to a chick. So he's not. This, <laughs> wimp, this Peruvian woman is marrying him so he won't be extradited and tried for murder. Oh, what a good, what a good woman that is. She uh, sends him money. He has women that just, uh, just they created an account for him. He's got like 10 grand in there. That's a lot of money. And he's a deformed looking guy. He looks like a fetal alcohol syndrome kid. Doesn't I think he? he's big. Women like big dudes, right? Well, here's one of the, 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 the most attractive killers of all time. Ted Bundy. I mean, uh, Ted who, Bundy, yeah. Who did he, he look like? He was like a Gordon Gecko, yeah. uh, Patrick Bateman type guy. Like a yuppie businessman type of guy. But he was a charismatic, attractive guy. Necrophiliac. He confessed to more than 30 murders. He was so popular with the women that uh, he claimed he received 200 love letters a day. A day. You couldn't even read them all. Yeah. 200 love letters a day. Think how many titty pics are in those love letters. And so <laughs> Polaroids then, back then. Right? And, and this is just, just to rub salt in your wounds, Wackerly. Even John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne fucking Gacy, the killer clown who was a pedophile. John Wayne, fan of donuts, Gacy. <laughs> fan of donuts. Fan of raping young boys in his crawl space, burying their corpses. In the um, same crawl space. I mean, talking yeah. about not shitting where you eat. He had female attention. He had women that would shower him with gifts. And, uh, you know, they adored him. And he wasn't even attracted to them. Well, who doesn't love a clown? That's true. I guess this is, the, this is what I'm getting to, though, actually. Why is it that these horrible murderers, these serial killers, these, these evil people get girls, you know, sending them love letters, uh, marriage proposals? You and I can't even get a girl to fucking hang out with us. Go to a movie. What, what, what's the deal here? What's going on? <sighs> I just, it's the charisma, I think. We you think so? We don't got it. I mean, these guys are on TV. We just have a shitty podcast. We Maybe don't have to go murder someone. We can't even get a girlfriend. These guys are getting marriage proposals on death row. I, I just want to know what it is. <laughs> Maybe you're just too picky. Well, that could be. You know I mean, what um, these girls look like that are marrying these jailbirds anyways. Yeah, the the one, if you look at, I'm going to post a picture of uh, Night Stalker with the woman that Doreen Loy that he married. She's just yeah. this hideous looking Not a ginger. Oh, she's hideous. You know, but whatever, you're in death row. It's got to be better than getting raped in the shower, you know? Well, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> but I don't think you get, I don't think you get raped in the shower on death row because you're by yourself. Oh, I think you're, I think you're unless weird. you're bunga in yourself, which you probably are. It could you're be just in a room all day long. What else are you going to do? So this uh, author here, Sheila Eisenberg, she wrote a book called "Women Who Love Men Who Kill," and uh, she was saying that notoriety is probably is the biggest part of it. You know, people are drawn to celebrities in hopes of soaking up some of their limelight. So you know, you got uh, Bundy and Ramirez, you know, they were notorious celebrities. So I think uh, just, just aligning yourself with them, I think, uh, gives this like vicarious feeling um, that you're a celebrity, that you're dating a rock star. And if you think about it, Joran Vandersloot 
is probably going to be more inclined to respond to your love letters or your, your emails or what have you instead of like a guy like you know, Brad Pitt or Norm MacDonald. <laughs> Do you think Norm, Norm MacDonald might, <laughs> might respond? He seems pretty desperate and pathetic. But uh, I also think these women hate their dads. You think that's what it is? Yeah, and I bet you these women's dads are still alive, and this is just a big fuck you dad type of maneuver. You know, uh, she goes on, uh, Eisenberg goes on to say then there's the excitement factor. These men provide a break from the quotidian, or as she puts it, they aren't the boring husband who leaves his dirty socks on the floor. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's exciting to be dating this uh, well, murderer? Well, to be completely accurate, they don't, they don't leave their dirty socks on your floor <laughs> because they're in prison. They're probably leaving their dirty socks on their cell floor. I, I love also, how it's... Also, frankly, these women are probably frigid, you know? Oh, finally a boyfriend and I don't have to fuck him and he won't touch me. And that, that has to be what it is. It's like this, this woman, Doreen Loy, um, you know, she had to have had some kind of sexual hang-up if she's... Involved with Richard Ramirez. They're not even allowed to have sex. She marries him. Right. Saves herself for this, this murder. I mean, she... There, there's... You know, the, yeah, I'm sure she had uh, some sexual issues here. Uh, others are attracted to the safety of the situation uh, because of abuse in their past. If a man's locked up for a long time or sitting on death row, he doesn't pose much of a physical threat. But you can still kind of have this pseudo-emotional relationship with them. You can go visit them. You know, visit him in, 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 you know, I don't think Letters, you, get a, you don't get a so conjugal romantic, visit. Getting a, a pen pal, a romantic pen pal. Um, they say there's a condition called hybristophilia, which is the condition of being sexually aroused by people who have committed horrific crimes. So some of these women want to be violent, maybe because of abuse in their past, but they don't feel capable of it. So they experience the thrill vicariously by being involved with these murderers. I don't know how true that is. Um... Her final, her final uh, theory here is a, is a biological imperative that causes them to be attracted to these, these, uh, these killers. So uh, if you look in the animal world, female orangutans have demonstrated a sexual preference for the largest, most confrontational violent males. <laughs> I've, I've never heard of this. Where did you find this? This is, it. This is this woman's... The Journal of Orangutans? <laughs> this is this woman's book. Orangutans are attracted to the violent macho orangutan. So like Has the, this been peer-reviewed? <laughs> well, actually, I'm just saying. And the, if you were an orangutan, because you're into, like, Battlestar Galactica... A female Galactica, orangutan or a male orangutan? You're a male. So if you're a male orangutan, I don't think the female orangutan would be as attracted to you because you're, like, sitting there, you know, doing your drawings and, and watching Battlestar Galactica and podcasting rather than going out and beating people... I like and, how uh, when I'm an orangutan, my life is exactly the same. <laughs> it's no different. I'm just an orangutan. You're just a nerd orangutan. And if I, I was an orangutan, I would be out looking around for the, the berry bush that has been for, that became fermented. <laughs> like eating the shit out of those berries. And getting, or like weird mushrooms, you know, getting high. So, the, yeah, the female orangutans would not be interested in me because I would just be disgusting. And fat and just belching all the time. Shit all over my ass fur (laughs) from like taking too many mushrooms and having runny poop. (laughs) Think of the dingleberries. Be disgusting. Right. Um, Murderous men embody perhaps the most extreme presentation of machismo that you can think of. I mean, they're warriors without rules. 
the serial killer groupies. <laughs> yeah, that's what serial killers are. Serial killer groupies. I mean, if, if, if these they're women's eyes. They're not warriors without rules. By definition, it's not war when you're sneaking up on somebody and murdering them in their bed. Well, no. I mean, we don't consider it to be, but these women are probably mm. attracted to these guys that are just like they're, they go out and they murder. And they're, they do it without being, you know, confined by the law. So they're probably the ultimate, the ultimate bad boy. The ultimate bad boy is, I think, is what it is. <laughs> so maybe, I mean, maybe that's what we need to do. I mean, I, I figured we were the bad boys of podcasting, but apparently that's not enough. <laughs> that's, like the, that's like the tough guys of accounting. <laughs> of the accounting department. I mean, we do a podcast about killers and we, we laugh about people being murdered. But ooh, apparently it's not thrilling enough for you serial killer groupies, whores. Mm hmm. Well, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Richard Ramirez is dead. Uh, you know, I don't think the world's really at a loss. I actually think as a California taxpayer, I'm, I was kind of happy about it. I can't, believe, I can't believe he's only 53. It seems like he would be older, not doing the math, but just intuitively thinking about it. They said his skin had a greenish hue. He looked like a highlighter. <laughs> it's because of the fluorescent lights. You think over the years of fluorescent lights? Yeah, you only go outside maybe one hour a day, if that. And even then, you're in a high-walled, you know, there's no direct sun hitting your skin, probably. You're in this high-walled courtyard running around a six-by-six-foot square bouncing a ball. I read that uh, his uncle considered him to be the son of Satan. <laughs> and, like, uh, they forbade any family members to go ever visit him. Like, yeah. Just kind of written him off. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be weird, like, if you're related to someone who is a you know, a high profile serial killer. I mean, well, you... or this has just come up with the, you know, they keep interviewing the brothers of, uh, that dude in Ohio who had those three girls kidnapped in his home for 10 oh, years. Ariel Castro. Ariel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, and the brothers are claiming that they don't know anything about it. I, right. you know, I don't Bullshit. think, I don't think Ariel Castro is going to get as much, uh, fan mail and adoration as Richard Ramirez. You never know. He probably won't be on death row, and then he's just going to get murdered in jail. Yeah, he's probably going to Because he'll get put in, in general population, and that'll be the end of him. Like, I think Dahmer, I think Dahmer freaked the bitches out. I mean, look at him. <laughs> Dahmer, I think, was too cre- he was He actually made it into that zone where, like, that dude is too creepy. Yeah, he, he, he was like, was he just... was like having gay sex. <laughs> Not that that's creepy, but then he was like, cut the heads off the dudes and put them in his fridge, and he just looks really weird. He looks like a serial killer. He was skull fucking, like ocular cavities. I mean, yeah. that, it's like. And, and like trepanning dudes, doing like home trepanation. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think women are that attracted to that. I mean, <laughs> in general. I mean, Plus, I'm sure there I mean are the whole some. thing, like, like we're saying, the whole point of this conversation is, is Ted Bundy looked like. Patrick Bateman or Patrick from Bateman, uh, yeah. American Psycho, and, and, and this guy looked like he could have been like the lead singer of a heavy, heavy metal band. But Dahmer just looked... What does that guy look like? He looks like a fucking serial killer. Look at him. With his glasses. He looks, looks his like a matted scary... Down ha- and his matted down weird hair. Like a scary janitor. He worked at a chocolate factory. Also scary. Also serial killer. Yeah. Background material. What, what, who were we talking about earlier? Son of Sam. David Berkowitz. Do you think that guy got any ass? Not... No, and not because he, not because he didn't, because he looked like a serial killer. He just looks like a fat guy who like work who drives a bus. He was just a schlub, that dude. Or like you know works down at the DMV. 
He's kind of it's like a fat, short Andy Kaufman. He kind of looked like Andy Kaufman. Like they had the same kind of hairstyle. His thing in jail, because I was looking at his Wikipedia page, was he got attacked really badly, but wasn't killed, and uh, and then he became a born again Christian. Oh, really? Wasn't he a Jew? Yeah, he was a Jew in Berkeley. Well, he became a born again Christian in prison. Wasn't he up for probation not that long ago? Denied. Uh, yes, it has been denied, and he was up for probation in. Uh, it was denied in 2008, and again in 2010. Yeah, I he's remember, not getting out. What the fuck? <laughs> Who's going to release that guy? Yeah, I yeah I I think out of all the uh, the killers, I'm sure it was Bundy and Richard Ramirez that had the most groupies. Wait, before we move on, here's a funny David Berkowitz uh, thing. Now that he's become born again after reading Psalm 34:6, I don't even know what the hell that is. Uh, he's no longer wants to be referred to as the son of Sam. He now prefers to be referred to as the son of hope. The son of hope. Yeah. Nobody's going to refer to him. <laughs> Fuck off, Berkowitz. Yeah, good try there. He's like the George Costanza of serial killers. <laughs> like, remember when George wanted to be called T-Bone? This is like... Son of hope. Anyway, Wackerly, this is episode 384 here, Sick and Wrong. Um, people, you know the way the show works. Just send us your story. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. Uh, send me them via Facebook or the Twitters, and I will read them here on the show. And if we give you credit, if we give you credit for it, you can claim a sick and wrong care package. Um, yeah, we got some good ones this week. There's some good ones, some good ones. Uh, before we get to our first story, here's a word from our sponsor, AdamandEve.com. People remember when you support Sick and Wrong, the best way to support Sick and Wrong is to is to 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 to, to support our sponsors. Let's go to AdamandEve.com. Buy yourself a sex toy. Buy your grandmother a sex toy. Buy your niece a sex toy, and then use Diddle when you check out. And uh, by doing that, you're actually supporting Sick and Wrong. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code Diddle. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So, Wacker, the first story we got here was sent from Jess. Jess, she sent it on Facebook. Jess writes, I'm well behind on your podcast. I only recently came across it. It helps me get through working obscene hours. I wonder what Jess does for a living. I don't know. I mean, the, the length of the hours are, are obscene. It's not, not what she's doing. I know, obscene. but at first when I, I thought she's like, when I'm working, you know, I thought she meant she's working on something obscene. Right. But I think I was just fantasizing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she just like probably is a secretary and has to work like 60 hour weeks. Man. You know, executive assistant. Like she, getting your boss the right pen, and then you get it it's in the wrong color, and then you get the right color, but it's the wrong pen model. Tedious. Trips to that's Staples. That's more like an executive assistant yeah. position. Well, that's what I'm saying. She probably is an executive assistant. Picking up their children from daycare. Could you imagine? <laughs> Writing notes to their mistress. Uh, Bob can't uh, join you today. His wife's in the hospital with rickets. Remembering it. He unexpectedly has to go there. Picking up flowers for the anniversary. You know, it's your anniversary <laughs> yeah. coming up. 
You forgot, did oh, yeah. you? Oh, yeah. Could you get her some of those flowers she likes? I don't what know kind? what they are. They're yellow or something. <laughs> I, wish I, a, I wish I had an executive assistant one what day. What would she do for you? I don't know. Remember we had that intern? Hey, did you pick up that MGD and put it in the fridge? I forgot. You're fired! <laughs> Train your replacement! We had that intern for uh, how long? It was like one show, I think. <laughs> yeah, what did she do? Uh, she wouldn't fetch us beer, remember? She would fetch us beer from the refrigerator. Oh, yes. And who was she? Ah, Just God. girl? I forget her name. She was cool, though. It was good having an intern. We should have taken pictures. Don't we have, like, a fucking memory book or something? I drink too much to remember those kind of details. <laughs> so Jess writes, um, I'm she assuming... She knows who she is. She should email in and send a photo to jog our memories. Exactly. Jess continues, I'm assuming this is how I can send you a story, even if others already have. I would say keep it sick, keep it wrong, but it's driving me nuts hearing that so much. Bye. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She doesn't like the tagline. <laughs> she doesn't like the keep it sick, keep it wrong tagline. Yeah, I, you know, people do keep say that. Keep it soft, keep it warm. Yeah, I kind of like that. Um, she did send, it a, send in a great story, though. Um, you got a good eye for sick and wrong stories there, Jess. Santa... Santos Ramos, Bolivian murder and rape suspect, buried alive in the grave of his victim, Leandra Junko. This is a good case of mob justice, much like it, it kind of goes along with the Richard Ramirez story. I think Latin American people like to mob, like they like to rule by mob justice. Specifically that, Latin America. Well, I mean, it was what, in Boyle Heights, East L.A., what are they all, like, uh, Mexicans? <laughs> I believe so. You know? I, I mean, I, there's that Cheech and Chong movie, or Cheech movie, Born in East L.A. That's kind of the point of it. And they, and they mobbed him. You know, I, I would be I wary. The Palestinians are quite fond of that. Most Arabs like the mob justice. You know, they don't have that much mob justice in first world countries. Like, Bolivia's, you know, South America. I imagine there's a lot of mob justice down there, especially in the rural communities. But in the U.S. Well, I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> but I, I mean, guess you hear about it. Yeah, but you never hear about the U.S. what goes on in the mountains. But, you know, back, back in the day, like during the Deadwood era, if somebody, you know, committed a horrible murder, don't you think the oh, townsfolk yeah. would just go get their, you know, their pitchforks and their... Posse comitatus. Yeah. Posse would come out, hunt that person down, and even make the sheriff release him. Well, we don't do yeah. that anymore. Yeah, those are the days. You know, now, now what we do is we put them up on death row for 30 years. <laughs> I say those were the days, but I'd probably be on the receiving end of the policy <laughs> search. <laughs> they, if they saw the porn in your computer. God. Yeah, or I would just get drunk and accidentally kill somebody's horse. And then I'd be like, have to hide out in the woods while a posse comes and finds me. And then I get hung. I kind of actually. So great. I mean, I, I don't usually go for the hive mind mentality, but I think a good old posse would be kind of fun. Don't you I think, think people so? would be on better behavior if you thought that any any little thing, I guess this doesn't just have to do with the posse, but, you know, any little, if you step on some dude's shoe, he might shoot you, <laughs> like in the, in the road with a duel. Well, you know, I'm going to get to this in a bit, but uh, the president here in Bolivia approved a law extending uh, institutional recognition of what they call indigenous justice. So he is condoning <laughs> mob justice. I like it when uh, governmental institutions basically just give up 
Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't control it. It's just like, all right, yeah. just, you know. I just gave up. That's I, what I like. I like it when people give up. And when an institution gives up, it's even better than when an individual gives up. But what, what, what happens? Like, what, you know, where, where are the reins? Like, how do you control that? Like, what if it gets to the point where, like, no swearing in this town? And if you swear, it's like the mob, the mob comes, comes out down and, on you. you know, like, pisses in your mouth or something. I mean, it's oh. washes your mouth out with soap. God, I would, I would, I would hate why, it. I mean, that's like Sharia law, right? If you fly right. a kite, they, like, cut your ear off. If a woman shows any leg, they beat her. Don't they stone her? If you listen her? to a rock and roll tune, you lose a toe. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be on your best behavior. It was worth it. <laughs> I love that achy, breaky heart song. <laughs> if you get caught listening to achy, breaky heart and they cut off your toe, do you get to listen to achy, breaky heart as much as you want? Or if they listen to it again, they cut off another toe? I think what they should do is like fill your ears with cement. I think, that's a mur- I think that's murder. Is it? I mean, I just well, I think you would die if your ears are filled with some. You're, you're blocking your hearing, though. As I think that's what I'm saying. It's like no, right. I get that, but I think inadvertently that that person would die. Oh, possibly. I mean, okay. Well, what about if they just got a really like big a Q-tip? Silicone or something. What if they got a really big Q-tip and just popped your eardrum? Oh, I hear that's bad for you too. Feels so good though. <laughs> so uh, in Bolivia, here, what happened? Santos Ramos. Um, he, uh, villagers, uh, there's a teenage rape and murder suspect in this town. They had, uh, he had murdered this woman named Leandra Arias Janko, raped her. Uh, he was a teen, the guy. 17 years Santos. old. Santos. Romos. Uh, villagers threw him into the open grave after he was identified as a possible culprit. So there was no That's jury. There was no judge. I mean, this is just the community saying, you know who it was? It was that guy. Because he's who, weird. Who he's got a mullet. hate, by the way, we've always hated since before this happened. And it just happened to be that now we found out that he raped somebody. It's the goofy kid. You know, the quiet loner. Right. You know, the one with the mullet. So uh, what they did is they, um, they ad- identified him as a culprit. Um, and then they uh, tied him up at the 35-year-old woman's funeral. This is the victim's funeral. Threw him into the open grave. Placed the coffin on top of him. And then filled the grave with earth. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, buried alive. What a way to go. Why did they place the coffin on top? Why didn't they place him in the coffin with the woman? Well, that's disrespectful to her. So they just tossed the coffin on top of him. I mean, so she's basically on top of her murderer. Yeah. Symbolically, it's uh, pleasing. I I guess she probably... Wow. Yeah, you know, that's got to be... I mean... If you think about it, that's got to be a fate worse than death. Now, I doubt anybody, you know, all the villagers are in there like, whoa, shit, they're serious here. You know, I'm not going to fuck around. No raping, no killing. Well, you know, I mean, like, you know, people fantasize about living in a Mad Max post-apocalyptic world, and that's how it would be. I mean, it, it would, Just, uh, if you, you live know, in a community. decide decides yeah. that you fucked up, and if they decide that you're the guy who fucked up, it, it's curtains for you, or you have to go in the Thunderdome. But, but think about the alternative, Wack. I mean, think about what we have. Richard Ramirez, three decades, almost 30 years, he's been on death row. Yeah. So, we, got him, we got him where we want him. We know where he is. He can't yeah, but, go anywhere. But, I mean, what would you prefer to have had happen to him? Did you, would you rather see him at the bottom of a grave and one of his victims buried on top of him? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Instead the problem of, is there's no trial. It's not, the, it's not the fate. It's that there's no trial. Here. That is true. Like you know, there is no like trial. It, there is it, no justice. Maybe you system. could have a hybrid where he goes through an official court, 
and they figure out if he's guilty or not. But then there's mob sen- sentencing and mob implementation of the sentence. Well, they say community justice can resemble legalized lynching, featuring stoning, strangulation, can or uh, burning. <laughs> it's the exact same thing as legalized lynching. <laughs> burning with petrol. Like, could you imagine burning? I mean, that, that's a that's a common way they do. A common, uh, you know, common uh, punishment. Yeah, they tie you to a post and they put and a tire around off. your neck and then they light it on fire. And they say the police don't keep any records of these acts. I think they just kind of turn the you know turn a blind eye. It's like I didn't under I read that sentence in the article that you're reading. It says they don't keep separate records, which I that's a very vague way of. I mean, does it mean that like if they just treat it as a normal crime or they don't keep it on the books at all or I think, think if it, you think if it was sanctioned indige, indigenous justice, they would keep sec, separate records because they'd be like, oh, this whole group of people murdered this dude. But it was it was because they were enacting justice. So we keep it in a separate ledger. I'm surprised they even write anything down. I think they why, why don't they just say, yeah, you know, we are don't you know. You're saying that all people in Latin America are illiterate. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, what I'm saying here you're surprised is that they why, know how to write. Why would the police keep a record of this at all? I mean, maybe why, I'm thinking that maybe that's what the article was intending to say, but that that sentence was poorly written. Um, but there aren't that many uh, police or judicial workers to even handle a crime, so there wouldn't be a trial anyway. Right. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Take them to like it's uh, like the volunteer fire department, but this is like the volunteer court. They say killings and lynchings are not uncommon, and so because of this, that's why uh, President Evo Morales approved a law. Um, you know, recognizing indigenous justice. <laughs> what well, you you pointed out before? Indigenous is yeah. Indigenous is like a like a what's the <laughs> I don't know. What I'm but you to pointed say. out before that it sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. Oh you yeah, know, like uh, you're gonna bring it. Like Steven Seagal is gonna like you know get brown paint. He's gonna look like like some kind of Amazonian warrior, and it's Steven yeah. Seagal dishing out indigenous justice. He'll get all done up with, like, weird beads and a costume, but he won't try and do an accent. It'll just be his normal voice. <laughs> I've come from the, my village to get you. I've come from this my village indigenous, yeah. to get you. Gary. He's a little bit raspy. I'm going to dish out some indigenous justice, break a couple arms. Because that's pretty much all he does. You know, back then it was Van Damme would do the splits, Steven Seagal. You know, Breaks some dude's arm arms. Yeah, Sometimes just... you take a pool ball and uh, put it in a sock and crack you in the face with it. But, you know, regardless of his techniques, you don't want to be around when Steven Seagal is dishing out some indigenous justice. No, you don't. You know? I mean, is he still a uh, police chief or what was he? Remember, he was like a. <laughs> like a national... I never actually saw it. No, but it was a show. Lawman. But... Yeah, he was a lawman, but he was like a constable or something in like some town in New Orleans. Or outside of, in a parish uh, in, outside of New Orleans. And he was just, you know, taking tanks and driving, up, driving over people's homes, catching fugitives. I, I got all this secondhand from you. It sounds amazing, but yeah, I, just, I didn't actually I, see I, I, I just wonder. Remember when that guy took the tank, uh, hijacked the tank in L.A. a long time ago? He <laughs> was just driving around. Have we ever talked about that? He was a kid, right? It was like an 18-year-old well, kid. Yeah, 18 or something. something. He's, just dro- he's just driving over cars. That was amazing. That's that's one of the greatest things that's ever happened, and I don't think it's given enough credit. The only reason I think about it is because I saw that Fast and Furious movie this week. Don't ask me why. why. Were you were you trying to get like were you trying to get in a girl's pants? Is that what you no. went to? That? You went no, by yourself? No, no, I did go with somebody, but I wasn't trying to get in anybody's pants. Wow. Uh, but there's a scene where they're 
driving a tank over all these cars. It's pretty cool. That, did that movie make you furious? It was pretty terrible. <laughs> but I knew, I knew what I was getting into going into it. You know, every, every once in a while, you just want to watch a fucking ridiculously bad action movie on the big screen and eat, eat too much popcorn with butter on it. Yeah, that's true. You know, this indigenous justice, though, as a cop, like as a police officer in that town, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I would be like, sweet, now I, now I can just go and eat some more donuts and hang out, and these guys are going to take care of everything. Oh, dude, if I went into my office and just some natives did all my work for me, <laughs> I would love it. I, mean, I would how totally great sanction that. that. I, I would probably get fired. My boss would be like, well, you can just pay these natives like a dollar a week. <laughs> like, what do we need you here for? It's kind of like outsourcing, you know. If you think about exactly it, exactly what it's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna get some villagers in Mali to do all your spreadsheets. Oh, also have my job, right? No, you won't. No, Goodbye. not anymore. No, sorry, <laughs> um, we're just gonna outsource it. I'm sure, Mitt Romney would approve. But regardless, you gotta say it's an effective technique of enforcing, you know, social morals. I mean, it's, I don't think people are going to be killing and raping in this uh, small town in Bolivia. Not so good for individual rights. No. I definitely wouldn't want to be a weirdo. Like, I, I wouldn't yeah. want to do a podcast in this town in Bolivia or well, anything that would draw the, attention. Like, very right-wing, respectful of the patriarchy podcast. <laughs> yeah, be a like good the one Jesus cast or something. I think yes. that would be okay. But yeah, other than we that. Could, we could organize the mobs, you know. Well, uh, the schedule here says there's going to be a mob in the northwest corner of the village tonight starting at sundown. Make sure you all get out there for that. Because if you don't, you're next. <laughs> we will lynch you because we're allowed to. What do you have here for the second story, Wacker? I wish it was uh, Valentine's Day. Not because I'm romantic, but just I would love to do the story around Valentine's Day. <laughs> I can't remember the last time you ever got me a Valentine. I don't think I ever have, so. I know. You're not going senile. Yeah. Um, Never happened. Swimsuit designer Sylvie Cachet. Uh, <laughs> she wrote a to-do list for her boyfriend. <laughs> I hate that. And if you're a real asshole and you like been married for a long time in your middle age, you're like, oh, my wife gave me a honeydew list. <laughs> honeydew, get it? Honeydew. Whatever, dude. Yeah. Go buy fucking napkins because that's what your mom wants you to go to Walmart to get. But could you imagine wife, that? Talk mom. about the definition of nagging. Like, right. You know, I, I, if you're married to a woman for 20 years, okay, I can understand the to-do list. But a girlfriend, like your girlfriend writing this down? Well, what if you live with her? Because there is just uh, – there's this – you know, there's a need to organize the home and the, the home life. So at some point you have to make a list of something, right? Well, okay. Or, the, or d- divvy up the, you know, responsibilities. That's probably the best way just to verbally be like, look, I pay the bills. You clean the bathroom. I mow the lawn. You do the laundry. We're never going to discuss it again. Just take care of that shit. I have no problems with the chore wheel. I'm See, down the, the chore, chore wheel, wheel is just another it's just another <laughs> version of this of this to-do list, right? But okay, what I'm thinking about this story here, her boyfriend must be a lazy piece of shit. Like that guy probably oh, does nothing but smoke that. a ton of weed and that's why it, it prompted her to write a to-do list because I mean, why else would you write a to-do list? Well, it's more than that. All right, <laughs> this all right. kid's name is Nicholas Brooks 
And a little background. He's the son of Joseph Brooks, who you, nobody's going to know. Joseph Brooks. He, but he's a songwriter who wrote that song, You Light Up My Life. Oh, that's Why song. is that song famous? Was it in a Babs movie? No, it was, a, it was in a movie in the 70s. It became like the yeah, theme. But, you know, it was like my, one of my mother's favorite songs. Was it a – yeah, but was it a Barbara – what the fuck is her name? Barbara Walters? <laughs> Not Walters, the Jew. <laughs> um, Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Yeah, Streisand. I don't think it was, though. It says it was Debbie Boone. Yeah, Debbie Boone did. sang that song. But she, it was in a movie, and I think... Um, the that, film I mean, Jeremy in 1972. It had to be one of those like sappy movies like, like Love, Love Story. Story. Like, literally, the movie's really called Love Story. Yeah. And the fucking girl dies or something, and everybody... It was like the number one movie for she years. She had like, cancer or something. I know. That was like... You know, in the 70s sucked. Sentimental women in the 70s. Like, my mother loved that. Like, that Love yeah. Story was her favorite movie. You Light Up My Life, one of her favorite songs. Yeah. I think there were a lot of women in the 70s that were... You know, th- th- that was their thing. They, they were into these yeah. sentimental cheesy love songs you either you were either super coked up at a disco or you were on uh those downers whatever they call those things quaaludes quaaludes or yeah. you were a housewife going to these fucking sappy shitty movies yeah and, and guys then you know like would have to buy them scented candles and put yeah. on you light up my life and that's how you end up getting getting in the back door back then wear sweaters wear sweaters yeah so this um, guy must have made a lot of money, made a fortune off that song. Yeah, just the royalties from that one song. Well, he probably had some other successful songs, but, you know, we wouldn't uh, know of them. Uh, he co-produced Eddie and the Cruisers. What do you know? Huh. Well, there you go. <laughs> so so was his son he like a trust a funder? Well, yeah. So this guy's rich and his son's a trust funder, but also this guy was a piece of shit. The dad. The dad was a piece of shit, too? Yeah, in June of 2009, he was arrested on charges of raping and sexual assaulting 11 women lured to his east side Manhattan apartment. How old uh, was this guy? He was uh, he was born in 1938, so I don't know. Do the math. I mean, it's been uh, in his 70s. 60-something, like 70-something. late 60s? Yeah. Wow. God, I, you know, I, I, wish, I, I, wish I, I, I wish I could be that horny at that point. Yeah, you want to just rape rape young women? No, but I, mean, I don't want to rape young women. But I'm sure he like you know had a, he probably had a casting couch set up. Yeah, well, and this is interesting. You know, you said you want an assistant. Uh, his assistant pled guilty to ten counts of facilit- criminal facilitation because she would set up these uh, trysts. He was actually uh, about to go to trial on ninety one ca- counts of rape, sexual abuse, criminal sex act, assault, and other charges. When he committed suicide by putting a bag over his head and uh, p- pumping in the old helium. Wow, that's a good technique. Yeah, Very have you effective. heard of this? Because what happens is if just people out there who are curious and need methods, if you just put a bag over your head to kill yourself, at the last second you'll lose consciousness, but your sort of unconscious body will try and rip the bag off. Because oh, really? you're, that, you're choking, happen. right? Yeah, you, you're you have the panic reaction. But if you pump in some type of uh, noble gas... For those chemistry wizards out there, like helium, helium. is an easy one to obtain. But if you could get nitrogen. something like nitrogen, would work yeah. too. There's some other ones that are further down the periodic table, which you're probably not going to be able to get your hands on. Carbon monoxide. That, that might work, but that's not a noble gas. So yeah, it's not a noble gas. N- nice, nice contribution, D. And <laughs> you, uh, your body doesn't think you're suffocating because it just thinks like stuff's going into your lungs like normal. There doesn't have to be happen to be any oxygen in it, so you do die. But your your sort of 
you know, your lizard brain thinks your breathing's going fine, and then you just keel over. It has to be painless, though. I, I imagine it's a better way to go than like shooting your, you know, putting a gun in the roof of your mouth. Or trying to drop like a, a safe onto your own head with a series of elaborate pulleys and ropes. Do you mean a safe or an anvil? Either one, a piano, <laughs> a fucking large animal, livestock, orangutan. Uh, these two people that had, I'm not going to get into it, but there's two people who had like a happiness, uh, radio show on some public access station, I think in New York, the self-help program was self-help, but they would discuss, you know, how to be happy and how to lead a happy life and be satisfied. They both committed, uh, double suicide using this method. Like I think just this past week or so they used helium. Is that the noble gas in a, in a bag their choice? Wow. Yep. You know, that's a great way to go, and I think we've talked about this on the show, because you could entertain yourself the whole time with the voice. I mean, think about it. Yeah, that's true. It'd be funny. About that. So you'd die Or laughing. if you're doing a double suicide, you can entertain the other person. You'd both die laughing. I can't believe we're going out <laughs> like this. <laughs> it's so great. All right, on to my story. <laughs> that was a so weird that pregnant guy pause. Dead, but this guy's kid is still around. He Maybe he's a little bit fucked up by the fact that his dad murdered himself. But um, this was actually right around the same time. I think when this happened, his dad hadn't murdered himself yet. But he probably did know that his dad was... But he was probably on trial. Heinous charges for raping. Oh, okay, so he's... You know, luring and raping women in his apartment. But yeah, this kid's the typical trust fund piece of shit. And so when we say that Sylvie Cachet was giving him a to-do list, it wasn't like, could you please pick up your socks? Could you, uh, you know, get some dishwashing fluid when you're at the grocery store? Could you pick me up some tampons? It was more broader sort of life direction things that she needed him to do. Uh, for instance, let me just, I'll just go down the list, all right? Get a job. <laughs> Which is pretty hard to tell somebody to do because when you when they when they're independently wealthy, like you, you just gotta just be like, why? Yeah, I mean, well, what do you do all day? But I actually don't think he had any money because he was using her credit cards against her will. There had to have been. I mean, he had to have had a trust fund at one time. I think maybe he blew through it on drugs and yeah. whores, which is probably it. what I would do too. <laughs> New York's an expensive place to live. Hold me after sex and say sweet things. No, oh, that's, you know, that's a bit excessive. She's very demanding. Well, why are you dating the guy? Date somebody else. <laughs> yeah. If he's not doing that, like, what, you know, what's the attraction? Do not you overuse paper towels. That's important. Well, what I don't get, not, not to, to expound too much on the issue, but what, then what does he do after sex? Is it, after he comes, does he just get up and just go to another room and get on his computer? Yeah, Xbox. And plays Xbox? You, you've done that. You've but, done it. The key is to not do it so much that you deserve a note. But do, okay, after only do that every once in a while, after you've ejaculated, are you just like, all right, I'm out? Me? No, I'm just saying. I'm not going to make this about me. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> this guy. When I've had sex, it's like you know you'll come and then usually I'm there for at least like you know five minutes trying to stop her her tears. Her crying. Mopping them up with a... Well, that goes to the next one. The next one is do not overuse paper towels. When I'm crying after sex, <laughs> only use one paper towel. I'll be fine. But he, like, brings, like, five or six of the squares out, and it's just wasteful. And, that, and he has to go back to the store and spend more money. Trying to convince her not to go to the police. 
Um, yeah. Well, she should go. I mean, I recommend her to go to Costco and just get the twenty pack and not worry about it so much. But what's he do? She felt she felt that do not overuse paper towels ranks up there with get a job and hold me after <laughs> sex and say nice things to me. What 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 does he do with these paper towels? I don't know. I mean, I guess he's mopping her tears up and other things. Well, I mean, how do you overuse paper towels? I can understand like. I still don't understand how you overuse paper. Does he use paper towels? You just probably for are a person who overuses them. I don't over. I mean, I if have. You can't, if you can't even conceptualize somebody overusing paper towels, you probably are an overuser of paper towels yourself. I use them sparingly. I don't use. I mean, I'm yeah, not that's sitting. What, that's what the type of person like you would say. Okay, but I mean, what 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 do you how overuse many rolls them of paper on? towels? You go through a week, like six or seven. No, one. Probably one maybe two, week. maybe two. Two? You are over. You? I go through one paper towel roll like every month. Well, that's because you never clean anything. What are you? <laughs> what are you using to clean? Like your... I don't have any women in my house to mop their tears up. <laughs> that's probably part of it. <laughs> my my house is a tear free zone. There's no emotion or feeling ever here. There, there's no regret. Like, what did no I just regret? Do? Just nothing. It's flat. Just flat affectation all the time. <laughs> And if I do cry, I use the dirty sponge from the sink. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. You're so frugal. Instead of buying paper towels, you just use that disgusting dish rag that you've had yeah. in your kitchen for the past six months. You only have to replace that sponge like once a year, right? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I don't do, <laughs> okay. do my dishes. Well, let me get through the list. Show me that I should be, I should be with you. I mean, that's pretty vague to put on the to-do list. Yeah. I would just check that off first thing. Like, oh, I just by checking this off, I'm showing you, right? Well, I'm acknowledging I read the you. list. Yeah, I read I'm, the list. I'm reading oh, your fucking list. Uh, take me on dates. Well, that's probably legitimate. That's, under, right? that's legitimate. Yeah. Although he has no money, so she's paying. I don't know how that works out. Yeah, but he could plan. You know, like this is what you're going to be paying for tonight. No random over drinking or drug use. Now, when you throw a modifier like over in there, I mean, that's very open to interpretation. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is entirely speculative. Like what's over drinking? Over drinking is when you're like in that find Coney guy mode where you're out on the street naked, <laughs> masturbating in broad daylight. That's what I not... consider over drinking. Yeah, maybe as long maybe... as you haven't made it to that point, you're just right in the zone of proper drink, appropriate drinking. Well, in my opinion, I mean, I think it's yeah. Once you get the point where you like have your you know your shirt cocking on a sidewalk, you know, defecating, I think that's over drinking. But I think if you're just like you know what, bottle of wine a night, I don't think that's that bad. One bottle. <laughs> yeah, she needs to define that term better. Yeah, that's vague. Uh, every now and then, this one I'm just completely baffled by. Every now and then, spray bug spray. Hmm. What on her pussy? <laughs> in his, on his underarms? In the bathroom? What? What is that all about? They I don't. Live in, they live in Manhattan. I mean, what? Cockroach? Roaches? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. roaches. Cockroaches. If you see a roach, spray it. I, that, but you know, she just says every now and then, spray bug spray. What is this guy? Pigpen? Is he just like walking around just dirty flies and with, like flies? Pen. He's yeah. like he's like a little African kid. In which case, I would say every now and then take a shower. But yeah, he's fine with just the bug spray. Um, do something productive until you get a job. Also very vague. Uh, leave the blinds up during the day, which that one I'm just outright against. I'm the opposite. I I've actually put it on the list to a girlfriend that I lived with before. Leave the fucking blinds down during the day. 
Is it because, though, this is what I'm thinking. This dude is a drug addict. He's a stoner. I'm sure he's a stoner. He probably does pills. He probably sits in a dark living room, doesn't clean anything. He doesn't know what time of day it is. He doesn't know what day of the week it is because he never looks outside. Surrounded by paper towels and, uh, you know, empty pizza boxes. And he just probably plays Xbox all day. And she pays the rent. He probably does nothing. I mean, nothing other than, like, smoke weed and play video games in a dark room. Yeah. They live in, like, a West 10th Street, like, nice hotel, I guess. Posh hotel, room 20. They live lived, in a hotel? Lived. Like a nice hotel. A posh yeah, I, hotel. I gotta not, say. I'm, not the Super 8 that you would be in. I, I gotta say I'm a little jealous here of this guy's life. This is kind of my ideal life. Like, Let I, me point I want out to... that, he, that he looks like a combination of Leo DiCaprio and that Brian good Peppers guy. weird midget. <laughs> With the Everybody bug eyes? Brian Peppers is. <laughs> Actually, his father, part of his musical career, I guess wrote jingles for Dr. Pepper. So maybe he really is related to Brian Peppers. Maybe Brian Peppers is like his, uh, you know, his uh, Siamese twin that was like detached when they were kids. Yeah, like Belial. Yeah. Um, well, uh, this, the, <laughs> this list was not received well. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. What, what happened Nicholas. when he got the list? In addition to the list, one morning, she, I, think she, I think she figured out that the list wasn't going to work. She wrote, uh, she wrote, this morning she wrote him uh, an email that said, Nick, for the past six months I've supported you financially and emotionally. I am speaking with the credit card company and the police, and I'm going to tell them that I never allowed you to use my card, credit card. I don't care. Have fun in jail. Jail. Sylvie. Wow. And then the next day uh, he went over there. Actually, maybe even after that. She wrote him another email. This one's great. Saying, why don't you come over here and get in bed with me and we can hold each other. Think about it. I love you and I just know everything will be all right. That's such a dumb woman thing to say. Yeah, but... I just just know everything will be all right. All signs point to you being a complete piece of shit that will never change. But I just know in my women's out. everything's going to work itself out. Because... (laughs) I'm a fucking doormat, and I'll just let you keep shitting on me and using my credit card and fucking walking all over me and looking like I'll support you. Was this girl a fat girl? No, she's like a she's like fashion designer, not a model, obviously. But I mean, every, usually most people who work in any aspect of the fashion world like keep themselves together pretty well. So she's she has like an exotic sort of Latin American look going on. Yeah, attractive. On this, yeah, it's surprising to me that she would support this loser. Well, maybe you could expound on something. (laughs) This article refers to him as a playboy stoner, which is hilarious. But I wanted you to expound on something that you told me. You said he sounds like a suitcase pimp, which is some a term that I hadn't heard. A suitcase pimp, yeah. It was a uh, it was a very common term for the stripper boyfriends at strip clubs, Uh, hairdressers, hairstylists too. Often date suitcase pimps. And what a suitcase pimp is, it's a guy, good-looking guy, obviously a very manipulative guy, who can find a vulnerable woman, and he'll move in with this girl. He'll, he, he lives basically, he doesn't pay rent, lives in a suitcase, he moves in, and he controls these women. Like, he'll just, you know, the, he'll stay home all day, smoke weed, she'll come back, she pays the rent, she buys the food. They, they don't even have jobs from, for the most part. And it's, it was mind-blowing. How many of these dudes, 
used to date, like these strippers supported these fucking losers. And a lot of these guys sometimes are like, you know, they're in a punk band that's just not going or that never plays. Like in theory, they're in a band. Right. Or a lot of them. practice once a month. Or a lot of them don't do anything at all. And they just, you know, they just do painkillers, take Oxycontin and their, and their stripper girlfriends pay for everything. And it just blows my mind. You couldn't do this because these guys have some modicum of attractiveness or something. You know, not all of them, but yeah, a lot of them, you know, are attractive guys. But I think it's it's also the personality. I mean, it's like I think what it is in my armchair psychologist opinion. I think what it is is that these girls are attracted to a guy like their dad. You know, and it's like this mm. this guy. It's kind of like what you're saying about the serial killer groupies. It's like they, you know, they their dads were probably fucking alcoholics and drunks and losers, treated their fucking moms like shit. But it was that form of machismo that attracts these girls, and so right. they're into and like it's a love hate relationship. So they're trying to screw. They're trying to make their dad mad at the same time getting a guy who's just like their dad. It's exactly it's exactly what it is. Yeah. It always I always found it amusing though when you'd get these fucking dudes that would show up at the strip club. And want to and want you to go get the stripper because they're not going to pay to go inside, and we wouldn't let right. them inside for free. Yeah, I was going to say the first thing is they probably think they're going to get in for free. Because we wouldn't let them, and day. then they would because uh, I mean it's it usually it yeah. would, it would might, it, that's your girlfriend, but you ain't looking at all this other pussy for free. Well, <laughs> get, also get out of here. What would happen is they'd come in, and then usually it would, it would spur a huge fight. And then because they'd probably like been dating three or four of the different strippers at exactly, one point, right? and, they, and they're just and so you you would keep them outside, but then they would. But can you go get candy? It's like nah, please, <laughs> nah. And you know he's strung just out. Call her. Oh, you don't have a cell phone? Oh, you don't. Shit. Yeah, because you sold your cell phone for crack. Sorry, yeah. buddy. Oh god, there's so many of these dudes that you'd see all the time. But yeah, I mean, this guy is a classic Hilarious. example. Like, I mean, he's probably a, an attractive enough dude to attract a, a vulnerable woman. And he's a suitcase pimp. Doesn't probably he's never had a probably hasn't paid rent in years. Right. Amazing. And he's never worked a job in his life to pay rent. I mean, when he yeah. was paying rent, it was his dad's money. Correct. Yeah. Well, but Sylvie thought it was going to be all right because she just knew it. And what actually happened is he came over and allegedly murdered her. So he up. he wasn't very happy about this list. I think he uh, I think he freaked out about the fact that he thought he might go to jail. Like this guy. Remember, he looks a little bit like Brian Peppers, but he also looks a little bit like Leo DiCaprio. Uh, he's not going to fare well in jail. No, in Rikers he's or whatever be they punked have there out in, immediately. Uh, <laughs> whatever they have there in in uh, New, Rikers. Uh, New York, I think it is Rikers. Yeah, not going to fare well. She uh, just as a little bit of color commentary. She uh, or whatever detail. She's thirty three years old. He was only like twenty five, like almost ten years younger. She was found in her bathtub in this posh hotel wearing only a turtleneck sweater, pink panties, and the shiny white face Rolex, which uh, this crime actually happened three or four years ago. And as it was put into evidence in court this week, it was still ticking. It's a good watch, Rolex. Wow, that's a hell of a watch. So it takes she... a licking and keeps on ticking, although Did... that's the Timex. Was it waterproof? I mean, was it she in the bath? Wow. Must have been. Yeah, oh, and the, you know, she was underwater. So they think what happened is, you know, beat her in the head, then in the tub, and then he put turned the water on and left. And uh, a couple hours later, you know, other guests that were two floors below started complaining because water was coming through their ceiling. And that's when uh, the cops were called. And they went in there and found her dead body. Hmm. Uh, Did he try to make it look like an accident, like she slipped? He says, his defense says, uh, are alleging that she drowned accidentally after falling into the tub uh, 
due to an overdose of the drug she took for her migraines and fibromyalgia. Oh, fibromyalgia. fibromyalgia. Which is a fake disease. Imaginary disease, yeah. That's what I say. I don't so, know. A lot of people say they have it and they can't work and they get Social Security. This well, woman worked as a fashion designer. She's doing pretty well for herself, staying at a posh hotel. How did, surreal. how did the defense team explain the black eye? <laughs> well, because she hit her face on the door on the way down. I mean, how, how, how does every guy who beats his wife explain the black eyes? She Ran wrote to-do lists. What do you expect? <laughs> Yeah, she's writing a to-do list, and he, she hit herself in the eye with a pen. Well, they, uh, you know, the prosecutors obviously say that he beat her and then left her there, and, and his fingerprints were actually found on the spigot to the tub, which is pretty damning, I would think. Although he'll just say, well, I took a bath beforehand during the day. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like to me, frankly, the apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. Yeah, I think these guys... These Brooks dudes have uh, issues with women. Although it'd be nice if Nick had the musical capabilities of his father, then maybe he could have like you know made away from himself, but he didn't. Well, he certainly doesn't light up her life. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, he keeps the blinds closed, so he, he he darkens up her life a bit. Yeah. People, send your story. Stick around. Podcast. At hotmail.com. Wackily got a few phone calls here. The SW hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number. Before we get to our first call, it's also going to be prison-themed. Uh, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. Every night with my star friends, we eat caviar. All right, so the first phone call here um, is prison themed. It's from our, uh, you know, our favorite prison, prison, uh, uh, I guess, ex-convict caller, Jim Bob. Remember him? Well, we also have the prison guard, but this is the actual ex prison inmate this is the uh yeah the the former convict or i guess he's a always will be a convict jim bob no ex-con ex-con he's an ex-con you motherfuckers <laughs> some bitch both y'all are fucking y'all i don't even know y'all motherfuckers are stupid but <laughs> really? if you ever go to jail, by the way, yeah, I got this will be your everyday abuse. Every moment of every day, this is how people will talk to you. Every day, especially if you're you in a jail. Dumb motherfucker, spread those cheeks! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you thought I wasn't gonna fuck you in the ass today. I'm sure he said that many, many times over the years. The prison story. Oh wait, wait, wait. This is motherfucking Jim Bob, by the way. He hates the music. Motherfucking, you know, I went to SEG, which means like solitary and shit, in fucking prison one time. Because for some reason, I got all these fucking tattoos, and they thought I was a gang member. Are you allowed to have tattoos in prison? What are they going to do? Sand them off your skin? No, I mean, don't I they, think everybody has tattoos. Yeah, you have to have tattoos if you're in prison. I mean, that's why I'm surprised you'd be penalized for having them or punished. I think for... it's the specific tattoos that you have. Have you, you ever seen that documentary about the Russian prison tattoos? 
No. Fascinating. Fascinating. I mean, because there's like this intricate sort of language and symbolism of these Russian prison tattoos. And they look really cool because they're sort of like crypto religious iconography. Obviously, you could never – I mean, there's all different kinds of symbols and they mean all these different things. You you could never get one because you'd look like a massive tool. Like, wow, did you get that in Russian prison? No, I just thought it looked cool. Thought it looked cool. What was that movie with Viggo Mortensen? Remember he had all those Russian mob tattoos? Yeah. Um, You know, I remember that girl – a girl I dated a couple years ago. She had an uncle whose name was – God, he had a funny name. Buck. That was his name. He had he had a tattoo. He was in prison for a while. He had a tattoo on the back of his neck that just said Peckerwood. And I remember always being like, why would you have that on the back of your neck? Like Peckerwood, what does that mean? And he got it in prison. And what yeah. it means is they call uh, white power. You, you can't have WP or white power tattooed on your, on, on your body. You can't get yes. white power tattoos. So what they do is they subvert it. It's, it's, it's called Peckerwood. So it's the reverse of... Uh, you know, P.W. Peckerwood. That's a, so. If you're a Peckerwood, then you're a white supremacist in prison. Somewhere right, and then they'll, they'll get pictures of Woody Woodpecker's face. Also, yeah, they get Woody Woodpecker's face as well. So I wonder if Jim Bob had a bunch of like Pecker. I wouldn't be surprised if he had Woody Woodpecker tattoos all over his body. We'll see. Anyway, I wanted to fuck sick. You mean you got all these motherfucking stupid ass ignorant motherfuckers? Some of them game members, some of them ain't. But this motherfucking... Man, I hate to be racist, because I know... I, I don't give a fuck, and I know y'all don't give a fuck either. But this motherfucking nigger, dude, he's a pussy. And fucking he's... Fucking ain't got no money. He, he ain't got no people, because <laughs> he don't fuck them Why would he have money? Yeah, I mean, don't they pay, don't they pay each other with cigarettes? Isn't like, Maybe uh, when he says money, he means cigarettes. Cigarettes are currency. You know, I read recently that you can't... Like cigarettes, it costs like 20 bucks for a cigarette now. So the cigarettes are no longer currency. What they use is like these little uh, like hostess pies. It's like there's some kind of hostess cake. That's what they uh, – and stamps. They use stamps for money as well. Oh, stamps, yeah. yeah. And shit. Anyway, he likes to drink coffee and shit. You know, crazy <laughs> shit like drink coffee that. and shit. That's crazy. Some of the fucking uh, – He's begging for coffee. Sometimes, you know, wish you'd lie and give him some motherfucking coffee or some shit. But this motherfucker, this one dude. This other fucking nigger. Damn. Fucking racist ass shit. Fuck you. Right. Who's he talking but to? But anyway, we had this motherfucker. Well, they did. I did. Now I'm just watching this shit. This motherfucker would do anything for a motherfucking shot of coffee. He'd go up in the motherfucking day room. And they told this motherfucker if he stick a spoon up in his asshole, <laughs> hey, he gets shot to a coffee. I'm like, is this how you? Who's, who's, say, who's saying this? The lunch lady. <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't they just give him some coffee? <laughs> I know. I, I don't understand it. Like, why is this guy so desperate for coffee? Like, what does he do? You know, they don't have much in prison, I guess. If you're not allowed to have coffee in prison? I just, I, thought, I figured they'd just and have And if you're not allowed coffee. to have it, how does, the, like, and he's betting or, or you know, performing stunts for the other prisoners? How do the other prisoners have coffee? Are they carrying it around in their, like, cupped hands? Maybe you get one, like, one cup of coffee. Oh, That's all you get. It. And so they're trading it. Like, you know what? We'll give you this cup of coffee if you shove that spoon up your ass. Sounds like something I would say. 
Okay, coffee is not that good to me, but uh, uh, anyway, fuck y'all. Y'all are a couple of fucking. I like y'all, but fuck y'all, motherfuckers. I got better stories than y'all do. Anyway, keep it oh, fucked yeah, off. Better bros. I don't understand. Okay, you know, Jim Bob, you do probably have better stories than both Wackerly and myself. However, our stories usually have a conclusion. So what happened? I mean, what? What? I mean, don't you feel like you're, this is like kind of a, uh, you know, uh, uh, a cliffhanger? Poem. No, it's like a cliffhanger. I think it's a prose poem. All right, One okay. Time free in prison, verse. a guy promised to stick a spoon up his ass for coffee. The end. Did he stick a spoon up his ass? What know. else it did makes he? You think. What, what else did think, they make him do, it? though? I mean, I don't know. There's all, it's just I'm about just saying. Thinking. It's a character sketch. I feel very guy. dissatisfied with this narrative. You know, life doesn't have a conclusion or a, or a meaning, so I kind of like it. I think I, I totally disagree. I <laughs> all right, I, yeah, and then I he beg to spoon, differ. And then he stuck the spoon up his ass, and he got some coffee, and it was hilarious. And then what go. happened in uh, you know? Subsequently, did he stick other spoons up his ass? How many spoons did he get up his ass? What about like uh, non dairy creamer? Something better than that for the next cup of coffee. You can't just keep <laughs> doing the same thing. What? I don't, what? How is this solitary? It's seg. It's not solitary. So you're secluded from the you're other. Se- you're segregated from uh, the like you know other. They put all. You know, I don't really understand it either because it does seem like. Oh, all these people, we don't want the gang members, the obvious gang members out in the general population because then they'll get killed. So we'll just put all the gang members in segregation. It's like, well, wait, aren't they just going to kill themselves in there? But somehow it's like tighter, tighter controlled and all that. But yet they they just sort of high risk people and put them on their in their own group. And sort of monitor them more closely, I think, is how it works. And, but the, the, they let other inmates cajole another one into sticking a spoon up his ass for a cup of coffee. That's cool. That's just, that's just fun and games. That's just grabas. <laughs> that's just horsing around. <laughs> that's like prison Connect Four. You know, it's just normal. They actually probably have real, real Connect Four. <laughs> that's something that you would do in prison because what are you going to do with the Connect? I guess you could shatter it and stab somebody with the plastic. Or shove like the little coins, the little uh, checkers yeah. in his mouth. Um, thank you, Jim Bob, for uh, calling in. You know, we we always do look forward to your prison stories. Uh, here's the second call. This is from um, one of your favorite listeners, Wankerly. But he is talking about something kind of cool that I've recently watched. All right. D. Lance, this just in. <laughs> I'm Ken, correspondent in Hawaii, where I just witnessed a brazen episode of Black. Mirror, season one. I sent you a torrent. The, you know, I'm not going to be able to play this song all the way th- or this call all the way through. It is like his- a song because his voice is so soothing and his cadence. Oh, I want my phone. Can I change my Siri on my phone to just sound like that? I, you know, it's so creepy. I mean, that's this is what I think Jeffrey Dahmer probably sounded like. I think he's trying to do uh, William Shatner, but it's not working for him. Maybe. I mean, he also sounds to me like this is what a magician would, you know, if a magician is a magician's regular speaking voice, like, a, you know, it would sound like this. <laughs> He's about the, to cut a woman in half with a pregnant pause. But uh, uh, but he is talking about something kind of cool. Black Mirror, um, which uh, is a show you recommended to me. And I recently saw episode one of the first season. And uh, yeah, I got to say, I, it it was thrilling. I haven't watched any of the other episodes, though. 
Yeah, it was great. You know, I don't want to. I mean, I guess we could. We're not going to spoil it by telling it's set people. Up. The I mean, premise. what happens in the first scene? You could say that much, right? Yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of well, it's sort of like a what like a English version of the Twilight Zone, but modern. Yeah, Twilight Zone, um, the Outer Limits, maybe outer more limits, like the Outer yeah. Limits in the Twilight Zone because it's kind of science fiction based. But I mean, it was also though. I kind of, I guess, maybe part of the reason I enjoyed it so thoroughly is because uh, um, it was kind of like a sick and wrong thought experiment in a way. Yes, you know, if you think about it. So what ends up happening is that the princess of England is kidnapped and being held. It's for, in the future, so there's a princess of England. There's a princess, yeah, and she's being held for ransom, and then the uh, the kidnapper forces her to make a video which went out on YouTube saying that she will be released only, not for money, but only if the prime minister fucks a pig on live on television. television. On live television. On live television. <laughs> I know. And uh, so the whole time you're like, I, I'm not going to say what happens. I don't want to spoil it. But uh, it's, it, I mean, it was, yeah, it was a, a thrilling Deals episode. I was very the impressed. media and the power and hacking. Hacking, yeah, it was great. It's called Black Mirror, the series. And pornography and bestiality. I don't want to forget those issues. You know, it's a husband and wife that writes the episodes. You know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Have you seen uh, the rest of season one? I don't think they're as, as good. I started watching the second one. I was hoping, actually, that the pig fucking thing would go would be continued. You know, like what you didn't get enough pig fucking. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I want more of that. Like, well, then what happened? Exactly like you and uh, Jim Bob's story. I, I was still, even if, even at the end, how it's kind of concluded, I still would be like, I still was like, and then what happened? And then what happened? <laughs> like, does the guy come back and make you fuck another pig? Like, later in life, you, you thought you'd, you know, every time you get out, they pulled me back in. <laughs> to fuck another pig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a great episode, and I, I agree with you, Ken. I, um, I enjoyed it. But I, you know, I'm going to play a little bit more of this call just so we can hear his voice because it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. What would you yeah, rather do, weird. fuck a pig or have to sit in a room or like be trapped in an elevator with Ken and just have a conversation with him for three hours? How long do I have to fuck the pig for? Uh, until you come. Until you reach climax. In front of people or just by myself? Um, we'd have like a live audience of like 10 people. <laughs> That's tough. 10 it's of our friends. It's hard to decide. <laughs> on Facebook as a personal message. But get this. Get this. Black Mirror, the national anthem, the episode, number one, showed the prime minister. I'm not going to say. I'm, he's giving a spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, he's, he didn't spoil it. He kind of sounds like a guy who's trying to sell you a timeshare, which because he lives in Hawaii, maybe, maybe that is what he does. I bet but you get this. he's probably a real estate agent. You can live in the timeshare for five weeks out of the year of your and choosing. And a beautiful coastal view. There's, get this, a <laughs> continental breakfast every Sunday morning. Do you think he uses this tone of voice to uh, address the women he has, he has trapped in his basement? <laughs> no. I think he's very so? smooth with them. I think he just. I think he wrote down what he wanted to say, and he's just re- trying to read it over the phone. That's why it sounds. But like in it. this like dramatic yeah. method, this yeah. like it's uh, better to either inflection. not. Yeah, it's better to not write it down and just speak conversationally. Or if you do want to write it down because you don't want to miss anything, just sort of make a bulleted list and don't actually read the sentences. 
<laughs> you know, now that, now that I've heard a little bit more of the call, I think I'd rather fuck the pig. I don't even care if there's 20 people watching. I'm going to laugh at your balls, by the way. Uh, you go right ahead. I mean, I, I don't even care. As long as I don't have to It's going to make it hard to come, and then you're going to have to fuck longer at the pig. But All right, at that okay. point, you might be How about it, six right? strokes? You just have to have six strokes. You just oh, in six times, and then, then that's it. Definitely fucking the pig. <laughs> then have to be trapped in an elevator with Ken? Yeah. All right, I agree. Uh, people call the Cigarong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Um, I want to do one more email until we get out of here. I, th- I thought this one was kind of funny. This guy Paul writes in. He goes, D, you mentioned how you ruined that song for your girlfriend, which was uh, the Boys of Summer. Remember the young Boys of Summer who I'm, whom I molest? That's why I used to say that Don Henley's yeah, real Don title Henley. was. Uh, the girl I dated loved that Don Henley song. It was wretched. Um, she wasn't wretched, but the song was. He goes, I have a story like that with the Van Morrison song, Brown Eyed Girl. My wife, which is the worst Van Morrison song, totally. He goes, My wife loved that song until I told her it was a song about anal sex. You know, when he sings about the brown eye of his girl, her butthole. <laughs> oh, this guy doesn't even know the lyrics, <laughs> it's brown eyed. Not only does he not know that, he doesn't know the lyrics, nor does his wife, she, who loves that song, which is why it works out for him. He goes, I ruined the song for her, but I always smile when I hear it now. Thanks for reminding me, I now have a smile. Keep it sick, Paul. Um, you know, the song actually isn't about anal sex. Really. And if it was, bear with me for a second. It's not about a guy giving anal sex to his girl. It's about her pegging him. Because the song goes, ooh, my brown eye girl. Well, Not maybe, ooh, your brown eye girl. Yeah, but maybe he's, he's saying... You know, that's my brown eye because no, I own you. No, no, no. We know that that's not what he's saying. He could be. He's saying, put that strap on on and ooh, my, get it in my brown eye, girl. So he, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's your interpretation, like your perversion of the lyrics. I think he's saying, that's my brown eye, girl. Please, Occam's razor. <laughs> he's singing about his, his, his own brown eye. My brown eye. Common violence is my own butthole. Well, okay, you know what the song is really, what's originally what it was about? Here's the original title, and I think you could relate directly to the, what this song was originally called. The song was originally titled Brown Skin Girl and was about an interracial relationship he had in the mid-60s. Yeah, that wasn't going to fly back then. No, so it has been stated that he changed the title to make the song more palatable for radio stations. Yet Morrison claims to change the title was an accident. He goes, after I recorded it, I looked at the tape box... I didn't even notice that somebody had changed a title. I looked at it, and it, and it just said on top of his guitar, Brown Eyed Girl on the uh, tape box instead of Brown Skin Girl. It's just one of those things that happen. Um, but, you know, interesting, I looked this up on Wikipedia, and it said that uh, because of the contract that Van Morrison had signed with uh, Bang Records, without any legal advice, he has never received any royalties for writing or recording that song. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Yeah. Have you ever seen any interviews with Van Morrison from back then or even now? He's a recluse, isn't he? Well, he's just a very bizarre man. I mean, he's like one of the greatest singer, songwriter, multi-instrumental geniuses of all time. But I just, it doesn't surprise me that he was making music with really bad contracts and just fucking himself over. Because I just think he's a bizarre weirdo. I mean, I think this just goes to show you, though, that you should definitely have an attorney if you're uh, writing music. Uh, Ooh, my 
Shyster girl. Morrison has stated that Brown Eyed Girl is not one of his favorite songs. He said it's not one of my best. I mean, I've got about 300 songs that are way that I think are better. So he didn't yeah, even like unless, the song. If you're, unless you're like a 19-year-old sorority girl from a s- s- crappy state school in the middle of the country, that's not one of your favorite Van Morrison songs. Now, you know, I can't stand even hearing the song. You know, it's funny, though, that you said it was about pegging because I've always thought that the song I Can't Go For That by Hall & Oates mm-hmm. is about pegging. It because be. if you think about okay, so Daryl Hall is like saying, you know, I'm totally good giving and game. I'm, anything yeah. you want to do, I'm totally down. Then she's like, well, I want to strap it on and fuck you in the ass. He's like, whoa, I can't go for that. Yeah. You've got my body and no you've got do. my soul, but not my whole. Yeah. You know, no can do. And then the other song, which is also about pegging. Although Oates was like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember me over here? The one with the mustache? Dude with the mustache and the curly hair. I'll go for that. Fuck me in the ass. Um, the other song is, uh, that I've always thought, um, was a song about a girl wanting to peg their boyfriends is I will do anything for love by meat meatloaf. But I can't do that. I think it's the same thing. I think he's like, he would do anything for love, but that's it. And I kind of agree with that song. I don't think, I don't think generally girls are really into pegging. (laughs) I think it's usually the guy who requests it. You know, but there are some that are. Like, I was dating this chick uh, recently, this Burning Man. She's really a Burning Man of free love and all that. And she said one of her fantasies, she had never done it, was to put a strap on and fuck a guy in the ass. And I was like... Girls say things about their fantasies which aren't really... You know, they're just making conversation. I I was like, it's not going to happen here. I'm not going to do that, you know. It would never be a make or break thing for her in the relationship, though, right? But she said she'd for be a guy on. who wanted to get pegged, he might say, "Like, look, I, I, I really like it when girls peg me, and if you're not gonna, if you're uncomfortable with that, I'm probably gonna go find a girl who will do that." Well, because he probably won't get off, you know. He right. probably wants that That's girl that saying. will. Uh, you know who? You know who used to peg a lot of guys is uh, Holly Stevens. <laughs> she she said <laughs> she had a, a few boyfriends that she would peg, and she thought it was really funny. I was like, "Did you like it?" She just said she laughed the whole time. Right. Which is just. I don't know. I just I think that that just makes it more terrifying. You know, the whole experience, just having this girl like totally just bugger you and laughing like maniacally the whole time. Well, yeah. Is she wearing her clown outfit? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. She better. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, um, there you go. Brown eyed girl. Not about anal sex, but I guess you can. You know, I mean, in, in a way. You can, you know, like that movie Room 237 about The Shining. You can interpret anything, you know, despite an, an artist's intention, you can interpret anything, any work of art, any way you want. So, yeah. Good on you there, Paul. Uh, people email the show, signalpodcast.com. Uh, well, actually, you know, we talk about this every week, but it's true. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, it actually helps us out, um, you know, maintains visibility, especially with all these popular celebrity podcasts that are coming out now and we keep getting pushed down but you know what we need people like you to go to itunes subscribe and rate and comment i really want to you know i noticed i think what we're going to do actually coming up next couple months is we're going to have an itunes rating contest it's been a while since we've had a contest with prizes we used to do that remember yeah i do so i think we're going to have to do a rating contest. Like if we get up to, I think we're like only at like, we've been, I think the last month we got one comment. That was it. 
plateaued. Yeah, come on, people. Just go there, subscribe to the show, rate us, comment. It actually really does help us out. And boost our visibility. Like every comment you get, you get uh, into the top 20. Like uh, our new and noteworthy podcast. And once we get that, we'll attract more listeners. But I think we should have a competition. I'm going to be working on this. And we'll have fabulous prizes. Um, Also, sick and wrong t-shirts. This is another thing I'm working on. (laughs) Still haven't got that done yet. Uh, we have a new T-shirt design in the works. It's going to be coming out uh, this summer. It's probably going to be the most popular fashion item of the summer, the must-have for uh, all you uh, um, fashion-conscious people out there. So uh, the, the Sick and Wrong T-shirt will be probably revealed in July and will be available. But right now, you can, you can buy Sick and Wrong apparel at sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. Support the show by buying a T-shirt. Uh, Wackerly finally here. The sick and wrong song of the week that was sent in by Brian is, uh, is, is from a band called, what's the name of this band here? Glory Hammer. It's heroic fantasy power metal. Oh, great. Yeah. Like, uh, you think, um, Iron Maiden sounds cheesy. Listen no. to this. Listen to this. Like these guys, these guys, uh, it's a new project from the lead singer of the band Ailstorm, which is the pirate metal uh-huh. band that we played here a, a while ago. But he uh, wants to explore more of a, the symphonic, epic side of metal. So uh, he just did an, an album called Tales from the Kingdom of Fife. And the song that Brian sent in here is called Quest for the Hammer of Glory. And it's uh, a track from their new, their new record here. I kind of, oh, I kind of feel like this is the type of music you should get pumped up to before an episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, okay. You know, because uh, aren't People you excited? Like, before the... Uh... Well, tomorrow... As soon as... Well, we have this thing will air after the finale. That's true. But, I mean, people that are, you know... A lot of people wait and re-watch, watch the whole... Yeah. yeah, they rewatch or They watch the whole thing in, in order and they download them all at once. Maybe you should pump out some Glory Hammer. Just, like, just blast some Glory Hammer. Get just pumped pump up. pump on your Glory Hammer? Just pump on your hammers. And then, uh, and then watch Game That's of Thrones. That's usually what I'm already doing when I'm watching Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> there's a lot of naked chicks in there. It's kind of nice. Did you uh, cry during the Red Wedding? I told you this, this is a no-tear zone up in, <laughs> up in this piece. How many, how many pieces of paper towel did you go through? <laughs> For tears or other fluids? Eh, all in all. <laughs> Three. Three. All right. That's not bad. You, you definitely are a conservative paper towel yeah. user. You don't I mean, that was my whole use for the whole week. Yeah, that's not bad. Anyway, we're going to end the show here with Quest for the Hammer Glory by Glory Hammer. People, we, we're going to end the show here with Quest for the Hammer of Glory by a band called Glory Hammer. People will be back next week with episode, uh, what, 385. Till then, take a sleazy. All right, good night. Right. To the faraway mountains, Mountain Goblins and Trolls, for the Hammer. Falling 
guys, it's uh, Fishman. I'm fucked up. And, uh, well, I had pizza and weed. And my friend Joe, he's here. Hello! Joe likes ninjutsu. It's jujitsu, you fuck! It's jujitsu, me fuck. Or it could be called Jojitsu. Jojitsu, uh, he uses that to get fat women. Well, no. larger women, should I say. No, your mom's a larger woman. Yes, she is. That's why you slant her. <laughs> <laughs>